This is the New Living Way podcast. We herald the one eternal redemptive purpose of God as it culminates and fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Covenant. Hello. Um, good afternoon to all our viewers. Uh, this is RD uh, live. Uh, here in Dubai, as you can see, I'm in uh, uh, chicken, like uh, chicken joy here. I just uh, passed by here before I go to home. So welcome uh, to all our viewers. This is the new NDB Way podcast. This is the official podcast of uh, NCT Kambayan, uh, New Covenant uh, Theology. Uh, Today is um, the second part of our uh, discussion, dialogue with our brothers in 1689 uh, federalism. And, you know, last two weeks, we have not yet uh, covered much. We just uh, kind of start, started just the uh, discussion, but we have not built uh, very detailed. So today we will uh, pursue to discuss most of the issues and would, uh, our motive here is to find uh, a common uh, if not if not uh, if not uh, common uh, commonalities but we want to see our aspect where we differ and you might find the commonalities in most of the issues with regards to our discussion so, without further ado, I would uh, call my co-discussors, discussors, my uh, guest, our guest uh, panelists from 1689 uh, Federalism. But before that, uh, oh, andito na sila lahat, except one. So, I will call them one by one in the screen. Uh, mga bro, narinig niyo ba ako? Nasa, nasa, nasa iPhone lang ako. So, first, uh, we'd like to uh, call uh, our colleague here in NCT Tambayan podcast uh, slash uh, New and Living Way podcast, uh, Leonard. Uh, pasok, Leonard. Uy, wala siyang... Uh, Wala siyang, uh, so okay lang, sige lang. And uh, last week we had uh, brother Jesreel, Jesreel, Jesreel sa Tagalog. <laughs> Bro Jesreel, pasok! Hi, glad to be here Kuya Ardi. Thank you for inviting for the second time. <laughs> Sabi ni Leonard, wala daw siyang narinig na audio. Narinig mo ba ako? Yes. Okay, okay. na po ba yung microphone ko, Kuya? Is yeah, there an echo? Yeah, very clear, very clear, siyempre. Great, uh, great. Arjan, SMB7. Uh, JVL, pasok. Hello, hello. Good evening, everyone. So, thank you for, invite, uh, for the invite, invitation again. So, looking forward sa discussion later. Amen. Yeah. And next is uh, ayun na si Leonard. Yun, nakita na 
And today we have uh, we have uh, they have imported uh, a guest from uh, land down under, tama ba? Uh, our brother in Australia, Jos Gurang uh, Gurango. Kamali ako, baka magkamali na naman ako. Si Brother Jos uh, is in the. Uh, thanks, Brother Adi. I'm uh, privileged to be joining you guys. I, I wish I could have been there as uh, part one, but I'm here now. So I'm I'm grateful that we can have this discussion. Amen. Uh, Brother Jos, uh, I have uh, already, yes, uh, last two weeks, we, Brother Jezreel and Jerry Well already introduced themselves to the audience. And may we, may we know a little bit background or your Christian testimony of you and your family back on November. Sure. As far as, uh, yes. Yes. So, so again, I'm Josh, and um, as you mentioned, I'm I'm down under. I live in in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm a Christian first and foremost, uh, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I I pastor Christ Covenant Church, which is um, Reformed Baptist Church over here. Um, as of now the only church in the whole state of victoria which fully subscribes to the 1689 confession um so that's lots of fun and my wife is steffi um and she with me um has given uh, us two beautiful daughters sabella and samara and very briefly um my christian testimony i think um you asked i so I was born and raised in, in the Philippines, in, in Manila, and I had a fairly decent family background, but I was a totally depraved sinner, and by uh, as early as nine years old, I was given into drunkenness and all kinds of debauchery. By the time I was 12 or 13, I was into all kinds of drugs and drug dealing and um, all kinds of dark things, and to cut the long story short, um, at a very young age, I was exposed to the gospel through friends, through Bible studies, being invited to youth service, things like that. And I was preached a hyper grace um, gospel, a very antinomian gospel that had no call to repentance. And so for several years, I counted myself as a Christian and I was living a very not Christian life. Uh, I was clearly not converted, but I believed I was. And fast forward to several years later, by the time I was 18 or 19, I ended up in a drug rehabilitation uh, two times. And the second time I was there, I asked for a Bible um, and I started reading the Bible and trying to understand it. And I, I came to a better understanding of who Jesus was. I mean, I had, I had grown up Roman Catholic, um, but the, nevertheless, the, the, the gospel that I had known, of course, a false gospel from Roman Catholicism, and then once again, a false gospel from the hyper grace movement. Um, those falsehoods started to fall apart as I as I read the Bible and I got to know who Jesus was. And I got I, I become I, I started to realize that I was not a Christian, that I was unconverted. And through the reading of the scriptures, the spirit led me to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And I was I was saved. I was born again um, and I was never the same again. And I've been walking with Christ since then so that is the short version version of my testimony amen thank you brother joss uh, for that wonderful testimony 
Uh, Bellard, uh, narinig mo pa na, narinig mo na ba kami? Hindi pa. Narinig mo na ako? Do you hear, can you hear me, bros? Si, or si brother Leonard lang ang ginakakalinig. So before we proceed to our... Yeah, narinig mo na ako. Pero delay... Can you hear me, bros? Si, or si brother Leonard lang ang ginakakalinig. So, okay, medyo delay ako, no? Yeah, nare-relay. Pero... Okay, um, medyo delay ako, no? Uh, siguro. So, before we proceed to the uh, discussion proper, uh, we'd like to uh, acknowledge first yung mga early viewers, early commenters, because si Aaron, then you'll see. Si Aaron. Kinala niyo si Aaron, ano? Most of us kinala na si Aaron. Uh, hello po. Ano po yung covenant? So, relax ka lang, Aaron. Uh, dadating tayo dyan uh, by our discussion. Uh, I, think, I, I think na define yan in the first uh, part, no? It's, uh, kailangan natin matis out further whether we will agree on the, on the term, so on the definition of the term. Siguro po, huwag na natin sagutin yung mga tanong ng mga tao na alam naman po nila yung sagot, tulad ni Aaron. Yes. No? <laughs> Joke lang. <laughs> Good. Uh, hello po daw sa'yo, uh, Diyos Gurango. Yes. Uh, so, start na natin ang ball rolling. Uh, last uh, last two weeks, uh, we have discussed... Uh, um, a lot about historical background and uh, definition of both uh, both camps and actually we have dealt with uh, some uh, major uh, larger uh, macro in terms of the hermeneutical uh, exegetical framework uh, in terms of how we interpret the scripture in the whole, the whole framework of redemptive uh, history so uh, we will uh, today we will discuss uh, in details of our commonalities and differences. So, itong uh, na discuss na natin um, most of the issues, but we will deal uh, in details. I think we start with letter C, with uh, with the covenant. Katulad ni kanina ano nagtanong si Aaron, covenant or covenants uh, or slash uh, old covenant and new covenant so our uh, format here is uh, both both uh, camps will uh, explain the their nuances their new ones and then uh, after that we will uh, interact question or argument so since dalawa lang kami ni, ni Leonard <laughs> Wala pa, si, wala pa si quits. So, we will start siguro, we will give the floor to 1689 uh, federalism to define uh, these terms of covenant, covenants, or singular plurality of covenants, and how you will define all covenant, distinguishing it or uh, the same uh, as uh, covenant theology, the same... Uh, one uh, one substance covenant of grace different administration so how will you define that so i will give the floor first to since last one 
two weeks eh, kami na una, so I will give the floor to Tiffany na rin pwede release and to define this or to explain your your views on this or what how you see it in the scripture. So any one of you uh, can go ahead. All right. Can I start first? Uh, pwede din si Pastor Josh. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this, uh, the definition with the covenants, but I can somehow do it also. But Brother Josh, uh, I'll give the floor to you. Yeah, sure. Um, so the word covenant has been defined by theologians in, in many ways. And I think you can look at different camps and you, you can see lots of similarities in terms of the, the definition. Like I'll, I'll give some examples. Um, so from the Presbyterian side, Michael Brown and Zach Keel, they have this pretty solid book called Sacred Bond, and they define covenant as a formal agreement that creates a relationship with legal aspects. Okay, so that's that's one. Um, you go to the more Baptist side, Jeff Johnson, Kingdom of God, in his book, uh, he says, the legal and binding terms of a relationship with God. So we could take the overlap from these two definitions from what would be opposing camps. And I think we could give a simple, a very much simplified definition of a covenant, um, which is a relationship with binding terms. I think that's a, a nice little simple way of putting it. Um, in our children's catechism, which we use for our daughters, uh, Milk for Little Ones, which is an introduction to the, to the Baptist catechism. Um, I think the way they put it there is just uh, a binding commitment. Uh, so you could simplify it more and, and more and more, but I think more than just a theological definition, that kind of definition, a relationship with binding terms, I think is good and accurate because once you get to the more explicit terms, such as the Noahic covenant, where we explicitly see God use the word, the word covenant, that's exactly what we see. We, we see a relationship formed there with binding terms around it. Any additional? Uh, uh, yes, I I completely agree with Brother Josh. When we talk about covenant, we're we're actually talking about a formal relationship that involved uh, two or more parties with sanctions, with precepts, penalties. Uh, stipulations are involved. We see many examples of that in the scriptures. Say, for example, Israel and the Gibeonites in the book of Joshua. We see Laban and Jacob making a covenant. Um, also, we have um, uh, Isaac and also uh, the Pharaoh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, King Abimelech, if I'm not mistaken. So we have several examples uh, with with regards to covenant. But when we talk about covenant in the scripture mostly the thing that we see there is god is one of the main party and thus the second party involved is you know uh his people so there are two types of covenant one is monopleoric when we say monopleoric one is superior over the other uh, that's coming from um louis berkhoff systematic theology the other one is diplioric which uh, involves um equal parties uh, that are involved in that covenant. So the example of that in 1689 um all the temporal covenants in the Bible, God and man, that is monoplioric. God is the superior party. Man is an, the inferior party. And 
Tiplioric is perhaps the covenant of redemption where the parties involved there are equal in rank and status. So that's how we see it. And also, with regards to the differences, siguro, ng new covenant and old covenant, maybe JRL could could give us some uh, information about it. I'll give the floor to JRL. Nawala si Jaren. Nawala yata si Jaren. So, I think uh, medyo na-define nila, no? Uh, ano, later na lang siguro pagpasok niya if there is an additional. Uh, so about uh, how New Covenant Theology, NCT, sees uh, this uh, Covenant-Covenant uh, distinction between Old Covenant and New Covenant. And I'll give the floor to uh, we just... Uh, Interesting, uh, Leonard, our bishop in New Covenant theology. <laughs> so I'll give the floor to uh, Brother Leonard to explain uh, our side. Yeah, bro. No sound, Kuya. Kuya Leonard, there's no sound. No sound. So, in terms of uh, covenant, uh, I believe uh, new covenant theology for the most, uh, the larger umbrella, the larger umbrella new covenant theology, uh, there is an agreement that covenant is uh, an historical cut uh, covenant based on the original word berit. So it's a cut, it's a formal, as Brother Joe's uh, explained, it's a cut covenant, a formal establishment of an oath that God promised to a recipient, a certain recipient that uh, he is binding uh, an oath. And sometimes the aspect of covenant in terms of uh, in terms of uh, uh, unilateral or bilateral in the historical covenants so, natin. so but uh, in reference in reference to new covenant theology we i believe uh, 1689 federalism and new covenant theology finally agrees as uh, you came from that uh, the same concept with uh, mainline covenant theology you one covenant of grace with different administration but uh, new covenant new covenant theology would maintain that there is only two major covenants as revealed in the in the new testament which says the there is only one covenant that uh, across history has been revealed by god and fulfilled in the new covenant so that's why we call it new covenant uh, theology. There is that old covenant is uh, it's not uh, a, a, a covenant of grace or uh, one covenant of grace. So we we in new covenant theology would not uh, uh, subscribe to that 
one substance covenant of grace that we don't see it as uh, they say you we believe that the old covenant is a covenant of works a legal covenant a works covenant and a conditional covenant that is distinct uh, from new, the new covenant it is unconditional and a covenant of grace so how we would piece that further in in relation or in implications of uh, where we practice uh, such implications uh details later so i believe uh, new covenant theology in particular uh, agrees in some form of uh, what uh, mary did line and i think maybe also 1589 federalism that the, uh, the old covenant is a uh, covenant of works so we would say that a covenant of works but new covenant theology would not uh, use the artificial categories that is umbrella towards all the as you interpret the whole landscape and uh, scripture that you would hold this umbrella to uh, interpret another covenant but New Covenant theology uh, would somehow, would, would, we will say that we are not, uh, uh, we see the historical covenants plural or the covenants of promise that progresses. No? And uh, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't equate with uh, different uh, administration only, but it's entirely new in the New Covenant. So, Union. We maintain a new covenant theology that, uh, like the uh, covenant of grace, uh, uh, artificial category or covenant of redemption, uh, we will not uh, subscribe to that as a covenant. As I already explained, that it's it's a plan according to Ephesians one. It's the it's it's uh, one eternal plan. In Jesus Christ to unite all things, your union I mean pinakandon. Uh, so we would not define that as uh, as a covenant of redemption between the Father and the Son. So uh, most part of my I came also from covenant uh, theology, and then uh, old Reformed Baptist uh, covenant theology that that equates the equates with Presbyterian except. Uh, baptism and church quality. So, any additional, uh, Brother Leonard? Kasi nagluko yun ano mo. Naririnig na ako? Yo! Okay. I, I think may, may, there's a problem when I plug my speakers. Well, Juan, since I, I think there's fundamental agreement between, between us naman with regard to covenants and how we see the Old and New Covenant. So, I think we can move forward na. Wala na ako dadagdag. Okay. So, uh, I, I think it it would differ or most of the difference with uh, how we, uh, both CC89 and NCT now agrees with uh, uh, the New Covenant is not, uh, the, the Old Covenant uh, is not in Covenant of works, I covenant of grace. Sorry, so but we will differ mostly. 
I believe this is where the difference will the difference exists in how we would define these two, uh, whether the newness of the new covenant, in how we will uh, relate with the uh, letter D, which is the most part is the, where the difference uh, lies in. I believe we can have uh, a fruitful conversation in how we would tease these uh, uh, differences uh, of uh, how we would do this law or decalogue or the tripartite uh, division of the law. So we know that decalogue is the 10 words, uh, 10 commandments as given to the people of the uh, Israel, the Jews, and law in particular uh, in 1689, uh, 1689 federalism, they still believe in the, they, they hold to that a priori uh, category of uh, uh, moral law, civil, and ceremonial, and that only retains the moral law. So I think that's the uh, most part of it. But you can explain how you view this in terms of new covenant theology for the most part would not uh, is a unit, no? as we explained before. Uh, the law is a unit. It's one package. As uh, Paul said, everyone who wants to be circumcised is obligated to keep the whole law. So that a priori a priori part, we would not define that in in terms of the first category that the scripture does not uh, categorize the law into three parts. But later on, we will tease out how we view this uh, decalogue in terms of the concept of uh, an absolute or moral law. No, don't, don't, I think doon nagkakaroon ng uh, tension as to how we will tease out that uh, further. So, siguro, let's ask our 1689 brothers to explain their, their side here. Josh? <laughs> yes, sure. Um, I think our side, the 1689 side, um, understanding of the moral law is very much similar to most of the confessional reform tradition. So obviously, has, as has already been mentioned, we do indeed believe that the Ten Commandments is the substance of the moral law. It's, it's, um, it's a, a summary law of God's moral requirements for all mankind, uh, for all people in all places and at all times. And, and before we, we consider how that applies to today or the new covenant Christian, I guess one thing that's helpful to consider also is that when you start to look at the 10 words or, or what's written there, I think it's quite easy for most Christians to accept that most, if not all, that they read in, this, in, this, in these 10 commandments, in these tablets, um, are definitely morally binding all the time, in all places, everywhere, ever since. So, so when you think about the fact that all the way back in the days of Cain and Abel, murder was already wrong. And you say, amen. Yeah, murder was already wrong, e even before the Decalogue. And, and you think about Joseph and his experience and, and fleeing from adultery. And you go, yeah, e even before the, the Ten Commandments were given, um, it's all there. 
it's all there. So I think most Christians would be in substantial agreement with almost all of the Decalogue and saying that, yeah, that God has always required that. God has always hated um, stealing. He's always been against lying. He's always, it's, it's because all of this is against his moral character. And there's another conviction that we have about the moral law that, that it's not, it's not something that was just temporal and temporary. It, it's actually reflective of the eternal, perfect moral character of God. And so you look into the law and that's why we can say that it's like a mirror and, and, and you look at it and you see your own filth, you see your own sinfulness. And Again, most Christians would say, amen, 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 mostly except for one of those Ten Commandments. And I know that's going to be the big topic of discussion today, and that has to do with the Sabbath. So how do we arrive um, at that position? Well, our own confession states that, that the Ten Commandments, as a summary of God's moral law, that the very substance of that was already existent in the very heart of Adam. And one of the arguments that uh, our NCT brothers probably have heard so many times from us and from, from hearing this is the Jeremiah 31 argument that has to do with the law of God. And um, you think about the promise of the new covenant and the promise of the new covenant is not necessarily that a new law would be given, but that the law would be written in a new canvas, no longer on hard tablets of stone, but now on the softened tablets of God's people's hearts. And you need to take a step back and think, okay, when Jeremiah was prophesying and he said law, and it's talking about God writing the law, what would have been in the minds, being a good historical, grammatical, and theological interpreter, what would have been in the minds of the, of the writers and the readers? It would have been the Decalogue, we would argue. And so we would argue, therefore, that the promise of the new covenant is not to give a completely new law as opposed to the Decalogue, but that the Decalogue, which is God's ever-abiding moral law, would now be written in new regenerate hearts. And as other prophets say, God's spirit will be placed in you and he will cause you to obey his statutes. Um, and this is where we get to another point of agreement with our NCT brothers, which is that uh, obviously the new covenant is totally conditional, uh, sorry, totally unconditional. Um, and it is something that Christ achieves. It's uh, salvation by the sovereign work of God, the Son, the Father, Holy Spirit, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and so, you know, we don't believe that you need to obey the law to get into the covenant. We're, we're all on board with that. But where we disagree is that the law that God has in our hearts that we are now being caused to conform to, caused to obey to, the 1689 brethren would say, yeah, that's, you could see the summary of that in the Decalogue. So I'll, I'll stop there. I think that's a, a, a little, um, yeah, just teaser on it. <laughs> okay, your turn, Brother JL. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Na, <laughs> Nawala ka kanina <laughs> I, I think it would be helpful talaga no, uh, to, to talk about Jeremiah 31 because as I have said uh, last time, it is actually brad, uh, Pastor Leonard who taught me New Covenant Theology when I was in Cebu. and But he kept giving me e-books of uh, 1689 book e-books. No? So I've read it. Uh, I think what convinced me uh, to reject siguro yung teaching ni Bishop uh, Leonard is Jeremiah 31. No, because uh, 
Uh, the way I, I, I think he, they, they exp- he explained it before, sa, na-remember mo yun, Brother Leonard, sa office mo before? Ano, sa, when I first go t- uh, went to your office, you actually uh, have a Bible study on NCT and you actually explained yung, uh, ano yung uh, written on the heart uh, in Jeremiah 31. And I think I remember, if I remember it correctly, you said it's the law of Christ. Right? So, uh, but... Uh, I think uh, if you consider yung uh, yung context ng Jeremiah 31 I think it would point to the fact na sabi nga ni uh, Pastor Josh no that it is indeed uh, the death that is being referred to. So uh, I would like actually to to hear uh, from NCT uh, how do you uh, uh, explain or uh, view or uh, uh, how do you uh, interpret Jeremiah 31? I guess it's my turn already. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Josh and Brother Jeriel, for that very nice uh, presentation with uh, about the law of God as we view it. Tayo mga sixteen eighty nine Federalist. So, sa akin naman, in addition to what they already said, okay, the question here that we're going to ask is: there an abiding, perpetual, absolute law of God that is unchangeable across covenantal epochs? Yep. That's the question. Otherwise, um, otherwise the law of God is relative or otherwise his law is changeable. So if it is a reflection of himself, as what the book of Romans chapter 7 said, that the commandments are good, uh, just, and righteous, which those adjectives are um, applicable to God. So nakita natin na may correspondence yung nature ng law, the characters, uh, the, the attributes of the law, and God himself as a person, no? So, from there, just as his nature is unchanging, so there must be, his law must also be unchanging. So, um, I think that's one of the foundational um, interpretation when we uh, take the, the Holy Scripture, no? That there is an abiding and changing uh, law of the Lord. So, um, when we go now to to, uh, for example, the book of Jeremiah 31. If we're going to go there, um, I believe, uh, nakapanood ako ng short, uh, short lang siguro na portion ng one of the podcasts that you guys had with Pastor Quits <laughs> about the law written in the hearts. And you guys admitted no, that in the minds of the Israelites, uh, that pertains to the law of Israel, uh, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Now, the problem here. Um, diyan ko nakikita siguro, I'm more convinced with 1689 federalism because if you take the law as a unit, if you're going to apply that to the text, that understanding, okay, then you would be saying that in the new covenant people, in the new covenant, the people there under that covenant, they will have the judicial law written in their heart. They will have the ceremonial law written in their hearts and they will have the moral law. And for me, it doesn't make sense when Paul says that um, I delight in the law of the Lord. He couldn't be talking about the civil laws of Israel. Parang ganon. So, um, the the tripartite division of the law comes as a necessary and good consequence when we're going to approach uh, the Holy Scriptures. Siguro yun yung mga... If Brother Joseph, Brother Joseph, you probably have something to add on, on what we have already covered so far. Yeah, I guess... Um... Because I think we're about to turn over to our NCT yeah. brethren. Um, I guess to add 
to some of the questions um, or points of discussion that have been brought up by um, my brothers. I, I think we need to distinguish also between different kinds of NCT. So I just wanted to clarify. So as, it's, as it turns over now to our, our brothers, I'm, I'm just wondering um, if you would be in general agreement um, with Long's book on New Covenant theology um, regarding the two greatest commandments given by Jesus in, in Matthew 23. Um, because as I read um, Gary Long's book, um, one of the things that he said was that um, NCT does hold to a moral law that is ever abiding and that is transcovenantal. And he would say the best summary of that is what Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. Um, and so I guess my question is, so is, is that, um, is that the trans covenantal ever abiding moral law of God for you? And what is its relationship to the Decalogue, if, if any? So, uh, brother, uh, turn on NCT, no? So, turn on NCT. Uh, let's welcome first the quits, uh, Sabio, in the monitor. Yeah, <laughs> so, you might want to to answer quits uh, and interact with what our brothers have said about in terms of the Decalogue or what we call that uh, category that the Decalogue is the eternal, uh, quote-unquote, the eternal uh, moral law uh, across covenants or transcovenantal, and you might want to interact, intersect with what they have said with us. Mawawala mo na ako, sandali. Ikaw muna, Quits. Kasi sa dadaki si Leonard muna. Sige, ako mo mawawala muna, sandali. Siguro, ano muna, uh, just to clarify, NCT is non-monolithic when it comes to a lot of things. And I believe even here sa, sa position ng law, um, for, as for me, I believe that there is a transcovenantal, and I think uh, uh, my co-NCT uh, uh, believers uh, hold that as well, that there is such a thing as transcovenantal law or what we would call the moral law in one sense or universal absolute law. However, uh, as uh, I've mentioned from the pre previous uh, podcast with uh, uh, Brother Jezreel and uh, JRL is that um, when, when we say that the substance of God's, for example, in the Old Covenant, the substance of God's law would say the Ten Commandments, I would say it's not yet the substance. It, uh, we can still say that it is derived from, or at least uh, flowing out from a more basic fundamental law, which is, I would say, love the Lord your God. And the, the second is the same. Sabi ni, ni Jesus Christ, the second is just like the first. 
So in other words, the second one is also flowing from a more basic, uh, fundamental, essential, uh, absolute law that is transcendent, that uh, transcends covenant. So I would say uh, Romans chapter 1 tells us that the, essence, the very essence of sin is the exchange of the glory of God. So that is the transcovenantal, uh, I, I, at least that's what I hold to be uh, the transcovenantal law of God. Then that law is expressed in covenantal terms. In the old covenant, it would be the 10 words plus the rest of the 613 or 603 laws in the old covenant. So in other words, all of that, for the Jews, they are all moral in that when they disobey even the uh, civil or the ceremonial law, they will be held accountable before God. It's, it's, not, it's not a question of what is moral, but what is weightier. That's what we have in terms of distinction in scriptures. There are weighty and uh, less weightier matters of the law. But whether they are all moral, I would say they are all moral in that they will be held account accountable before God. Now, uh, in terms of what is the the law written on the heart, um, uh, I think I, my position there is, is a bit nuanced in that uh, I'm open whether it is just the 10 words, you would say, or it's the whole package. Um, my take there is that, of course, what they would have thought as the law written in their hearts is the mosaic law, whether that be the Tekalog or the whole pack. I, I think that uh, there's nothing wrong in thinking that they delight in doing ceremonial law. In fact, uh, God is not honored in a, a sacrifice that is not coming from the heart. That when they don't really believe that that uh, what that represents actually, you know, sort of uh, uh, can be a means for atoning uh, their sins, at least uh, at that time of the redemptive history. So, uh, and and if I ask, for example. Um, you guys, who's being referred to by Judah and Jerusalem and, and, and Israel in that passage? Of course, you would say it's Judah and Israel. That's not the church, right? You would say that as well, right? So similarly, I would say, in light of the redemptive history, progressive revelation of God's uh, word, um, of course, uh, they will not say the law of Christ. Just as we, we will not say that that in that context, Judah and Israel is the church. Those those are the two. Uh, and surprisingly, uh, actually not surprising, uh, Israel and Judah was mentioned there because it's already it, the, 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 the kingdom was already uh, divided at the time. So, and the church was not divided. You would, right? Would you agree with me that that the, the church is not divided into into two. So, uh, so in other words, we, we need to interpret that passage in light of its context. And so, uh, I would say 
the expression of God's absolute law is what in their mind for the Jews at the time. Second uh, response for that question would be um, to to ask the question which law was written in the heart is to miss the point of the passage. It's to turn the passage on its head in some sense. I'm, I, I'm not saying that's intentional on your part, but I would say if if we go to its logical conclusion, that would be what we're doing because the point of that passage is not to ask where is it now written, but that they are now going to follow God's law, whatever that may be, from the heart. That's the point of that passage in Jeremiah. So that's my, my one cent. May, I guess I? it's my turn. Ah, sorry, sorry. Um, Barney, no? Ah. Uh, I was gonna, um, Pastor Leonard, I was gonna, siguro, um, maybe it's, um, pasok naman. I was just gonna ask a follow-up that you can probably, um, continue with. Um, is, is, is NCT happy to affirm, because of what we've heard, affirm that in some sense the Decalogue and its substance was in the heart of Adam. Um, yeah, that's it. That was just my follow-up. Can I answer that? Yeah. Okay. Um, what What I would say again, the, the 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 when when we talk about the substance, are you referring to the ten, or are you referring to God to the to the God's command to become an image to reflect God's mm. glory oh, yeah. by loving God and by loving people? Sure. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. The, the ten words. Um, right? I'm, I'm referring to the ten words because when I read long, he objected to the concept that Adam would have any moral comprehension in his heart of the of the ten words. Yeah. In light of the ten words, I I wouldn't say that's that's what is in the mind of uh, uh, Adam. I would say he has a, a sense of of what's right and wrong, but as as to the specifics, what 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 the what scripture tells us at least at that point of of uh, God's redemptive history, they they are to obey God, they are to love God, they are to submit to God's rule, and they are to reflect God's glory. But how is that uh, uh, expressed? I I I'm not sure if we can read back. Ten Commandments uh, in 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 Genesis. So, uh, at least my take for uh, the, the the concept of moral law is that, uh, or what 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 would in it, what 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 we're basically discussing is uh, continuity discontinuity, right? When it comes to the law, my take on it is that we we should. I'm 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 fine with the label moral law as long as it is a posteriori uh, approach, meaning we start looking at actual commands in the New Testament where there's we can see discontinuity and then we would say, Oh, that's part of what is now expressed you know, from God's eternal 
immutable, immutable character expressed in the uh, law of Christ. So, of course, there would be similarities because it's coming from the same God, right? So, uh, but again, our, at least my starting point is that we should look at individual texts, then in a, in a, a posteriori kind of uh, knowledge, so we would infer na, that there is such a thing as eternal transcovenantal. So, <laughs> actually, marami-rami na tayong na-discuss na and hmm. paano ba tayo? Um, I would like to ask you back react, a bit I just want to Jeremiah 31. Well, there was this question on what what was the law written in the hearts? Um, part of understanding that um, is to look first at ano yung naging problema before we look at what was being repaired. So, kung nasira yung bahay mo, if, if your house got wrecked, it will not be cured by buying you a car. It has to be a reconstruction, a new house, a new something that is related. Now, from, from the very text itself, um, Jeremiah 31-32, it talks about the covenant that they broke. So the new covenant is a repair of the old covenant. And it not only, I, I would say it not only relocates what God commands, but it also substantially changes the, the content of the commands. We see that pagdating sa Hebrews 8, where the whole text in total is quoted down to the house of Israel, the house of Judah, but it is applied to all Christians, even to those who have never been part of that broken covenant. So we, we Gentiles cannot be accused of having been um, descendants of covenant breakers since we have not received those covenants of promise, as Ephesians chapter 2 would point out. So, dun, dun nakikita yung binabanggit ni kids about continuity and discontinuity. There's, there is that sense where there is that overlap. There is that continuity in the story. Hindi naman to magkakaibang just the God of the New Testament and the Old are not different gods. But if we follow the, the natural progression of the story of the scriptures, we see shifts na nagko-continue siya at nagdi-discontinue. Now, with regard to um, reading back or using the Decalogue to point back and going back to Adam with that, uh, I would agree with kids na uh, as a unit, as, as a law, it was not given then. It was not spoken of then. But it does not mean that there was no concept of right or wrong. There is no concept of uh, what is pleasing and displeasing to God. For example, I've heard an argument uh, pointing to the murder of Abel and saying, how could have how could Cain have sinned if there was no command, thou shalt not murder? And um, to piggyback on what Kitz was mentioning, if we people are created in the image and likeness of God, then to deface, to, to murder someone is to deface that image. It is inherently violative of what, what God requires, even without the ten words having been 
given. Now, uh, one particular point and where we locate, we NCT locate the, the Decalogue has to do with uh, verses like Exodus 34, 28, um, Deuteronomy 4, 13, where it specifically mentions that the Ten Commandments are the words of the covenant. So, dun, dun namin siya ilalagay. We, we see a level of continuity. Di naman, uh, it, we are not talking about a different God. And this continuity in terms of the terms and conditions. Now, um, Brother Jezreel mentioned uh, the inherent absurdity of having parang the, the whole package of the 613 laws written in the heart. But actually, if, if we take a look back at what they broke, it was, it was that whole package. The, the breaking of that covenant, maybe they did not break uh, ano yung weird na, ano yung parapet na command na dapat gagawa ka ng parapet sa bubong mo. Maybe they did not break that, but they broke the essence of the whole covenant by idolatry, by adultery, by whatever mga sins that have caused them uh, exile. So the fundamental change in the new covenant is the change in the heart that causes the heart to desire to please God, to love God with all our hearts, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So in, in that sense, we still cling to a certain level of continuity, even going back to the old covenant. Not as a law or a covenant that applies to us directly, but as... Um, by the way, I'm coming from the perspective of uh, progressive covenantalism. We, we see this as part of wisdom literature. There, there are certain things that we can learn, some things that we can directly apply, some things we can derive the principle from and then apply. So um, it is seen through a, a, a lens, a lens in the change of the covenants. For example, um, kung titignan natin yung commands regarding the animal sacrifices, there is explicit statement. There are explicit statements in Hebrews that say that they no longer apply. So we don't sacrifice animals, but we can still learn from scriptures because it is the word of God that talks about these sacrificial systems to show that God is a holy God. Is that to be trifled with? We approach Him according to His terms, His definitions, not ours. Hindi pwedeng kung ano lang trip mo. And I kind of lost myself, so I'll just stop here. <laughs> hello? Can... hello? Hello, hello, hello. Check mic, check mic. Yes, Kuya. Hi. Hello. Uh, ganda yung mga sinabi nyo, no? Attention na kayo, no? Wala ako. Um, I just want to amplify yung mga uh, react also with what has transpired in terms of Jeremiah I think if you would see Romans chapter 2 as uh, what Paul said I think uh, most for most covenant theology would uh, I mean maybe unwittingly they would uh, de-emphasize the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Covenant. Because when you see Romans chapter 2 with uh, letter and spirit, 
and if you would say that the ten words or the ten commandments is the one that has written in the heart, I think I would agree to a certain point that there are some, especially the nine maybe, but not in that in that form where it used originally it was given, because um, as as you as you will see, don't say. The New Testament, makikita mo yung ano eh, yung progress, yung dynamism of the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart. So when you go to when you go to uh, verses like Galatians 5, it says there that uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness. Against such things, there is no case of uh, the one, uh, the Christian, who is uh, being filled by the Holy Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit, and produces that internal uh, work of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, and peace, not just contained with, with uh, uh, you are not committing adultery, you are not, uh, not committing, you are not a thief, but uh, Paul Paul argues that in in doing in uh, in the work of the Holy Spirit, that law will not be against you. Because even even uh, even unbelievers they will not commit adultery. They know it. You know this uh sa ano ni Ano ni Paul, yung mga, uh, uh, alam nila yung murder. They know that parang uh, kina-child si Paul na murder dun sa Acts. So, ang, ang point dito is, uh, ang point dito is, uh, yung sinasabi ni Diyos na uh, that the ten are the eternal or the category moral law. A new covenant theology does not deny the essence of an eternal moral law or an absolute and eternal moral law based on the absolute perfect and moral character of God. And that's very clear in Romans chapter 1 that uh, every man has innate knowledge of God, of who God is, of how good God is, of the nature. So, nagkakaroon ng problema when tension when it comes to uh, is that the ten the ten law are the exact words uh, sa puso na pinasabi sa atin, do not do not or there is more to it yung dynam yung dynamism that the law is written on our hearts actually yung laws na sinabi doon is the decalogue I, uh, we admit that na hindi na isusulat sa bato, but isusulat sa puso. But the, the writing of the heart is the essence of the writing of the hearts. If you go to the New Testament, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the working, the transformation of the Holy Spirit, working in the heart, uh, doing, doing the regeneration first, and uh, progressing towards uh, sanctification. Now, New Covenant Theology does not deny that there are external indicative, uh, especially indicative in uh, the Gospel and progressing 
uh, to sanctify the believer. So, sa, sa, I think I can I think I can uh, I can say that for most part of the big umbrella New Covenant theology, we'll never deny the essence of uh, eternal and absolute uh, moral law based on God's character that is unchangeable. So yun yun yung yun yung iniiwasan natin that to the charge na ang New Covenant theology ay uh, antinomianism. So that we hindi naman sinabi ni Paul na uh, one man estimate uh, adultery different from another man. Hindi naman ganun eh. But doon na tayo dadating sa next point which is uh, in, in the immediate uh, implications ng question na yan will go to the next point which is the Sabbath. But before that, Kuya Arde, sorry not to cut you out. Uh, is it okay for me to um, interact Gila, a little bit? Ako. Because I, I love ako. the answer of Pastor Quits a lot. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for that very informative. At least we learn uh, something from NCT then. Uh, because as what you've said, Pastor Quits, you know, it's it's not non-monolithic. No? It's not monolithic uh, view. So, iba yung view ni Gary D. Long, iba yung iba na uh, Abe Lake White, I guess, is different view. Also, Fred Zaspel, when it comes to the law. Now, you mentioned earlier, uh, Pastor Quits, that um, you admit that Jeremiah 31 uh, is a whole package. It's a whole unit. Um, no, no. Including, including I, I would the... say, I, I would say um, I'm nuanced there. I would, I'm, I'm willing to concede whether it's uh, just the 10 words because mm. of course sure, sure. Uh, when, when when talking about where a certain law is written of course what comes to mind is the, the two tablets right so mm. I, I'm willing to concede that but the question is uh, that the, my, my response to that question is that we wouldn't say we, we will not say that in that context, Judah and Israel are the church, right? Uh, I think we both agree, Pastor Quits. Yeah, yeah. The spiritual now, my, Israel. My, oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. And 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 my point is the the way we understand that we're included there is through the New Testament, right? So, in other words, yeah. we we have to interpret it in light of yeah. Uh, of Christ in light of what was, uh, what what happened right uh, on the cross. So similarly, uh, when when talking about what law again, my, my contention in that in that passage is not uh, not really what law because that's going to miss the point. That's not the point of the passage. What's being said is that they will obey. From the heart, that's the point of writing the law. We in agree. The heart. Yeah. So, uh, so, yes, but... so, so, to, so, in other words, to ask the question is beside the point. So, in other words, uh, we need to we need to supply we need to supply what in 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 what covenantal context we're in, and what are those laws. I so, would in other hope... words. In, in their case, it would be uh, that the, the commands that they will obey from the heart would be 
the law, law of God, the Mosaic law as, as a unit or if, again, I, I'm willing to concede if that's just the Ten Commandments, so be it. But when it comes to the New Covenant, we would say it's the law of Christ. So there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, in other words, there's no, uh, I don't see any, uh, uh, just as just as we have to interpret Judah and Israel as now be in in light of in light of the New Testament as including now that promise, no, mm -hmm. uh, include included there are the Gentile the church, um, which is mostly Gentiles. Similarly, we should interpret that in light of our covenantal context, which. Uh, for example, Paul would say in, in, in 1 Corinthians, I think, that he is not under the law. But uh, for those who are under the law, uh, he lives as, uh, as though he is under the law. Right? But for those who are outside the law, uh, din yung ginawa niya, but not being without the law or under uh, not at being outside of God's law. So in other words, Meron siyang concept ng some transcovenantal uh, law in saying yeah. that. Then he clarifies what that what law is that. It's the law of Christ. Right. So I would say, uh, ganong ko siya tinitake yung, yung position. Yeah. So again, to, 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 to force yung question which law doon sa, doon sa, uh, doon sa passage na yun uh, na, na parabang so nagbago yung law na sinulat again the point is not hindi naman yung literal na merong you would agree that's not literal na merong uh, sort of uh, uh, thing called law na nilagay sa heart right it, it, it means something and that something is obedience to whatever God says in that context from the heart and so in that context it would be and commandments or the rest of the 613 uh, laws. Yeah. Oh, real quick, Buster Quits. Um, sure. I think we have lots of agreement with what you said. I think you're right that the point there, if we're going to read the book of Jeremiah 31, is that what is new in the new covenant that, um, that was not there in the old covenant, I think you're right. It's the spirit now that is uh, at work in the believer's uh, heart. And uh, to ensure that they will be regenerated and they will walk, walk in the statutes and laws of the Lord. I think we have no problem with that. But of course, we did not brought that, we did not bring that up here because we are in agreement, right? <laughs> Parang, uh, there's no point of, con uh, of contest no, if we're going to talk about the main topic. But I think I would probably disagree with you when it comes to say that it's, uh, if you're, if you're going to say that it's illegitimate to ask whether which law. I think that's still a legitimate question that we're going to ask because it tells a lot. Because if you're going to affirm, I would say, um, if you're going to affirm that it is the moral law, then the consequence of that premise would lead to um, it. Then it follows that the 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 idea that it's the law as a unit um, that we should understand the law as a unit all across covenant it would defeat the point of that argument. Then it would prove the, the point of 1689 federalism na 
there is a tripartite division of the law that you can categorize that there is a law that pertains to to the moral um right so so, so yun, yun yung that's nakikita namin na, and i guess um, and i also that's oh, right sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, one more thing i i would I also agree i would also agree na um we have to look at the the new covenant the progress of revelation to see how it is revealed no given that it's for new covenant okay so it's for new covenant people then the idea that it would be as a unit would be very untenable in my position because it would mean that the new covenant members have the ceremonial law and the judicial law of Israel written in their hearts which does not no. make sense in any way shape or form no 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 i i think so, go ahead, I, go I ahead. Think, sorry sorry uh, uh, here's what we're trying to say at least my my kind of ncp there is a transcovenantal law all right then that transcovenantal law is expressed in a two covenantal context old covenant new covenant in the old covenant there's the 10 words and the rest of the 613 that's a package then that same transcovenantal law is expressed in the new covenant as the law of christ so in other words and, and that that transcovenantal law of God expressing the law of Christ would have some similarities with the old old covenant laws, but that doesn't mean they're they're the same uh, uh, expression of that transcovenantal law. So that that that's what I'm trying to say. So in other words, uh, in in their case in Jeremiah, of course they would have taught uh, ten commandments or what whatever you you might want to add there uh, but again uh, because they are in that context in that in that covenantal context so so in other words what what you're saying to be the moral law is the ten commandments what i'm saying it's different it there is a more essential fundamental basic absolute law and i would say that is to glorify god that's the more fundamental basic and it's expressed first in 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 the old covenant the 10 commandments and the rest of the 613 then in uh, before the law, be, before pastor josh palabro uh clarification lang hindi na ako magbigay ng argument because so that we can move on do, do you believe that the transcovenantal law that you believe you said that it seems to me that you're saying na in administer it to differently in the old covenant and it that it is administered differently in the new covenant. Are you saying, bro, uh, that that transcovenantal law that is independent, transcovenantal, unchanging, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does it agree in substance with some portion of the law in the old covenant? Yeah, you agree yeah. with that. Yeah, and you agree also that that substance continues in the new covenant. Yep. Okay, so my transcovenant yeah, but, but, but yeah, yeah, but All right. again, the, our, our only difference, I think, is that I'm coming at it a posteriori knowledge. I, 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 I would rather look at individual commands in the New Testament than if there are some similarities, then oh, uh, it must mean that uh, they are of the same substance and they're going back to that transcovenantal law. But I, I will not say that the old covenant mosaic law can be divided into three uh laws then you have to then that the, 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 the two are just uh, only the two were 
abrogated then the uh, the one is fulfilled uh, in Christ the, the the ceremonial laws then the civil law uh, it pertains to uh, Israel's uh, commonwealth then only the ten commandments uh, no no rather I would say that the whole thing is abrogated nevertheless is, there's this transcovenantal law expressed in the law, law of Christ that would uh, have some semblance of some of the laws in, uh, in in the old covenant, right? But that's not because I have to divide that passage, uh, that 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 old covenant, because just as what what we're saying, for example, in Galatians, Paul said, if you want to if you want to be circumcised, you're obligated to obey the whole law. Now, if you if we would say that the law can be divided in to three, then yung, yung, yung warning na yun, wala na siyang pangil. Kasi after all, they would just say, well, I'm just, uh, those, those three are independent, or or perhaps James says that if you broke one, uh, you broke everything, right? So again, kung, kung hindi siya unit, hindi siya jump up, right? Then, uh, uh, dito, uh, wala siyang pangil yung warning na yun. So in other words, to, to, to make those passages stand on its own, we must uh, ha- let the, those passages have its say na they, they are to be treated as 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 unit. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, I think we're about to, um I think the, the mention that we're about to go to the Sabbath, but um. I don't know if we have time, but I was—I just wanted to put into context um, what a lot of us have agreed about, which is love God, love neighbor, or um, as, as our brother mentioned, to, to glorify God. That's uh, so we, we we're all agreeing that there is a transcovenantal, ever-abiding moral law of God, reflective of the perfect, eternal, holy character of God, and we're willing to say, um, yeah, love God, love neighbor. That was in Adam's heart; he needed to love God, love neighbor. That was yes. binding upon him. He needed to love God. He needed to love his wife. And w- w- when we think about love God, love neighbor, in, in context, when Jesus shared these two greatest commandments in Matthew 22, these were old covenant mosaic teachers who were approaching him saying, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Which I think we could say it's speaking of the, the mosaic law. And then Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind and strength. Uh, and then that's he said, this is the great and first commandment. And then the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, on these two commandments depend all the law and all of the prophets. And we can all say amen. I think where the 1689 guys go a little bit further is that we're then willing to say, yeah, and a further explication of that is found in the Decalogue. The Decalogue teaches you what it actually tangibly and practically looks like to love God and to love your neighbor. And um, the, the lawyer that asked Jesus wants to know, hey, you know, we've got all these laws to follow. What's the substance? What's the heart of it all? And Jesus takes from the old covenant and he highlights the substance of it. Love God, love your neighbor. And it's interesting. I was reading a, a dispensational commentary, uh, the Bible knowledge commentary. I don't know if they call themselves that, but I think most people would say it's a dispensational commentary. It comes out of Dallas Theological Seminary. And it's interesting. I looked at their commentary on that text and they write, quote, 
Jesus' quick reply summarized the Decalogue. He first summarized the first table of the law, and the second summarizes the second table. Jesus said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That is, all the Old Testament develops and amplifies these two points, love for God and love for others who are made in God's image. So I think even in there, and you know, we're not dispensationalists, but that's an interesting comment they made. I think even in what we're agreeing upon here, that that you know, the love God, love neighbor, that's the heart of it all, and that's in the heart of all people, already there, Jesus is taking from Mosaic law language, and he's distinguishing between, between some kind of greater and ultimate standard by which everything else hangs upon. So he's doing it. He, he's actually saying, you've got the whole Mosaic law, but if I could just lift it up and show you the highlight, the most important thing at the heart of the Mosaic law, this would be it. Everything else hangs on that. And I know some NCT brethren, brethren like Gary Long would say, um, this is not a summary of the Decalogue because the Ten Commandments were given in the days of Moses and it cannot be eternal, perpetual, because Adam himself would not have had the Ten Commandments in his heart. That made no sense. But as we mentioned earlier, murder was already wrong. Adultery was already wrong. Um, you think about it. Um, is it right for us to say that Adam was forbidden from idolatry, from erecting and using idols? Uh, we would say, yeah, he was he was forbidden. He should not. He should not only worship the one true God. He should also not worship idols. He should also not worship God in a way that God did not ordain. And you get to the controversial fourth commandment, the Sabbath, and you see in Exodus 20, interestingly, that Israel's Sabbath itself um, was rooted in some kind of creational ordinance. And, you know, we could keep going with that. So I, I don't want to go too long, but it, it was mentioned that, you know, ano ba talaga is is the entire yung, yung pinaka words mismo ng Ten Commandments nakasulat ba talaga sa puso ng lahat ng tao and we're willing to say no not, no not not literally um in fact not literally just the words of the Ten Commandments but even deeper so deep that Jesus is able to say hey if you hate your brother you're committing murder of the heart if you look at another woman with lust, you're committing adultery of the heart. These are Ten Commandments categories, and Jesus is drilling even deeper and deeper and deeper. So we would say, no, it's not even the very words of the Decalogue. It's, it's the very heart and substance of the Decalogue, which is love God and love your neighbor. And um, the, the parapet law, for example, in Israel was mentioned. And from a 1689, you know, reform perspective, we would go, oh, yeah, you know, why it's all morally binding. Why is that morally binding? Because the paraphet law was put there so that you would not become guilty of bloodshed. And what does that mean? It means that not only should we not murder, but we should do everything in our power to preserve life. So if you build your house in such a way that causes many deaths, you might be guilty of bloodshed. Why is that wrong? We go back to the Decalogue, you shouldn't murder. And if you want to summarize it further, murder is failure to love your neighbor. So, um, yeah, that, that was just a few things running through my mind as I was listening to the discussion. Um, can I add one last thing? Um, uh, if, I, if I'm going to ask, uh, you, you said that the heart of the Ten Commandments or that which everything else... Um, is summed up or we would say the substance is love god and love neighbor 
then that would mean those two are not the same as the 10 that the 10 right Other, otherwise language would not make sense in other words there's the substance and there's the not substance right so love god love your neighbor is a substance the 10 is the expressions expression of that substance right Sure. Yeah. So I, I see what you're saying. So in, in reformed language, um, we usually talk about the substance of the moral law, right? So like, for example, um, G.K. Beale, he says that Jesus sums up the Ten Commandments or the whole moral law as love God and neighbor. So you might ask, so ano ba talaga? What, what is the summary of God's moral law? What What is the substance? Is it the Decalogue or is it love your neighbor? And I'm happy to say um, that um, the Ten Commandments is a summary of God's moral law, the substance of which can be further summarized as love God and love neighbor. Hello, mga bro. Hello. Quits, meron ka pang... Uh... Sagot doon? If you have, uh, so let's proceed with the next. Yeah, okay na po. Oh. So, it's now 5.09. Uh, nakarating na rin ako sa makasabahay. Um, uh, maganda yung mga sinabi nyo, mga bros, no? <laughs> Medyo iniingal ako kanina. But uh, I think uh, for most part of what you said, uh, Brother Joe. Matanda na kasi. Uh, Alem? But, Kaya hinihingal. <laughs> hindi na, naglakad ako eh, naglalakad ako. Parang nagmamadali ka, ikaw talaga. Okay. Anyway, yung uh, sinasabi mo, Brother Jos, is uh, I think most for, most for most NCT, I would say that uh, you're saying that in Adam, he knows already the substance of the Decalogue. Parang ganun. Ganun ba yun? That yeah, so so for example, if we can get like um, um, practical examples, so so for example, even even the Sabbath, um, the week or just the week, just this concept of six days of work and one days one day of rest, it's clear from the Decalogue that that's based in creation. And Adam was there, uh, created, God modeled that for him, so he would have some some semblance of understanding of the importance of a seven day week. And in that seven day week, six days you do something, one day you do something else, um, and you think about stealing. Um, God owns everything and you are not to take from God without asking permission. In fact, to do so would constitute to sin. Um, so definitely Adam knew that God had sovereign rule over everything. He had ownership over everything and God had the right to do with what his creation, what he wants to do. And you don't have the right to take it without his permission. Right. And, and, even in marriage, he already has a marriage. So pretty soon he's going to have more people in society around him. And I know this is after the fall, but the marriage itself was before the fall. Um, and if it is true that Christ has only one church, and from the very beginning, it was always God's purpose that um, the covenant of marriage would be a, a beautiful picture of the covenant keeping love of Christ for his church, then Adam needed to have some kind of understanding of monogamy that he cannot have 
multiple wives, that he is not to ask God, please give me a second wife, please give me a, a third a wife. He needed to have this moral concept of commitment, covenantal commitment between husband and wife, and not uh, anything outside of marriage. So, and, and we could do that with, with more of the commandments, including coveting and, and so on. So yeah, we would say that the substance was there, okay. not necessarily okay. the precise wording. I think I think that's where that's where the tension lies with when it comes to to what you are saying that the substance of the Decalogue was uh, revealed to to Adam, because uh, we we in the New Covenant theology would not say that as it means um, it flattens the progressive nature of God's revelation. I mean, it doesn't speak clearly uh, to Moses or to, to Adam that the Decalogue, especially the Sabbath, if we can say that's, uh, if it, that's a moral law, that he would say to Adam in clearest term that he should uh, observe the Sabbath. But if you go, as what you said, you are speaking in the Reform Christology, uh, uh, no? But when you when you go to the when you go to the to Romans, especially Paul would say that there is a progress in terms of the revelation of the law. That he said through the law, the knowledge of sin, and when he when he knew the when he knew the law, thou shalt not covet, produces more sin in yes. him, in his heart. So he knows. By 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 nature, he knows the law. He knows the the commandment. He knows the decalogue. He knows the whole covenant. But the transition is that when the law came, he said, when the law came, there is a transition. The law com the law commandment summarized in the in the in the decalogue that thou shall not covet is not simply uh, understanding that in the conscience of a uh, unregenerate heart or a gentile. It's not clear as what uh, the, the revelation of the law is saying, thou shalt not covet. When the commandment came, thou shalt not covet, I died, he said. So that's the function, the purpose of the law, that, that, he, that the law killed him. Huh? The, the purpose mm. of the law, that he died when he knew the law. So especially when in terms of uh, you say that in 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 the in substance, the decalogue is there in in Adam. I think that's uh, going beyond the text, especially especially Sabbath. No, when you say Sabbath, Adam knew. We in the New Covenant theology would always emphasize would would be assertive to to point out that uh, where is that in Genesis one that says to Adam that he should uh, observe the Sabbath. As we can see in, uh, in the Old Testament itself, that the first revelation of the Sabbath is in Exodus 16, that he revealed the Sabbath uh, to the Israelites at first. And then establishment, formal establishment in Exodus uh, 20. Now to prove that is very clear in Nehemiah 9, that the Sabbath was revealed to the Jews in Sinai, not in creation. So that that's that's particular in terms of we can say 
yes, uh, we agree that uh, we have an innate moral law in our hearts that conscience that says we are committing sin, but not in the clearest form that uh, our conscience is darkened, sabi ni, sabi ni Paul sa, sa Romans chapter 2, that the, the Gentiles who doesn't have the law, they don't have the law, they don't have the revelation of the law, they are outside of the co- uh, of the covenant, di ba? So, so, hindi ganun kaklaro, yung hindi ganun klaro na explicit na sinasabi dun sa Decalogue, yung alam ng mga Gentiles. So, uh, dumating yon sa history ng redemption that revealed in the in the in the Mosaic Covenant. The, the yeah. Decalogue is the we can agree as far as we can agree is that the Decalogue or the law, the covenant, according to Paul, is good, righteous, and holy. But that is the law covenant is. Uh, we can say the greatest or higher law in that point of history is to, uh, history of redemption. But when we go to the new covenant, we can see clearly that Paul is delineating that uh, eternal, uh, when we say eternal moral law is uh, uh, fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the exact representation of God's being. So everything that pertains to what Christ has said in his teaching the law fulfills in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yan yung emphasis ng uh, New Covenant. Ano? So, uh, ang, uh, ang, uh, ang tension kasi nakikita ko talaga is you classify all the all the law, moral law, into the ten. Yung uh, nilalagay nyo doon lahat ng law. But when you say yung two, two law, the greatest commandment, yung two, love God and love neighbor, actually it's the ten that is sum up there, sabi niya. Sa Romans chapter uh, 13 ba yun? That all the law is sum up in that love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not the Decalogue. But that two commandment is yung mga, yung lahat ng, lahat, hindi lang ng ten, lahat uh, is sum up, is hang up, nakahang dun sa two, two greatest commandment. And if you say that in terms of the Sabbath, ang NCT Na, na ngayon, eh, ito na yung magiging uh, uh, next. That would differ. Yeah. That, that essentially would differ in terms of that uh, fulfillment that we can say, uh, that let's uh, say that uh, we we fulfill the, the Sabbath, we obey the Sabbath through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ who is our Sabbath rest. Mm. So the element uh, Sabbath day no longer uh, in the New Testament, no longer in the New Covenant, as precisely as what we say in Colossians 2, 16, 17. So, So, in terms of our understanding... I think it's connected. Sorry, go ahead. Sabbath, Lord's Day, ito na. We can start. And <laughs> uh, medyo na ano ko na yun. So, yung, ito, yung, ito yung pinaka uh, crux of the matter in terms of immediate implications of our differences. Kasi... Although we 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 understand that we have uh, we have uh, more common uh, commonalities now, but in terms of the decalogue, we still cannot uh, find. Uh, but we, we have some agreement in terms of the concept of absolute moral law. But ito talaga yung uh, lagging in ano sa sa NCT. Now you can be uh, you can be non-sabatarian 
but not New Covenant theologian, right? Uh, John MacArthur and the rest of dispensationalism, they don't believe the Sabbath. They are non-Sabbatarian. But when it comes to what we say as consistent, if we want to be consistent that uh, the, the Decalogue is one and one hangs with another, uh, one falls with another, therefore, this falls within the New Covenant theology, consistent that the Decalogue is not in, in terms of one unit, not not as per individual commandment, you know? So this will be this will be the 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 crux of the matter. So balik natin sa okay sixteen We we'll give the floor to JRL muna baka hindi pa, hindi pa nakapag, ano, si JRL. <laughs> so, go ahead, JRL. Actually, uh, kasi madami madami yung uh, mga points na dinidiscuss natin hindi ko rin alam kung saan ako magi-insert in terms in terms of, siguro sa sa Sabbath and Lord's Day I think babalik tayo sa sa issue of the law because yung view yung view namin sa Sabbath is actually related uh, in our presupposition about the law right so may presuppositions kami like for example na mention ni Brother Jesrel uh, before yung uh, the, the organic unity of scripture meron din kami presupposition yun about sa law about the the fundamental continuity of the law uh, in all ages and uh, of course yun yung uh, yung mga preso- uh, some of our presuppositions no may echo may echo ba sorry akan din ba yun okay so i i think in terms of the sabbath baba- i think pabalik tayo sa sa uh, uh, sa view na natin sa law no? because that, that's where we're coming from so I, I think uh, in, I'm not sure kung pwede akong bumalik no? sa, sa, sa discussion natin kanina sa Jeremiah 31 uh, I think you can see actually uh, in Jeremiah 31 although of course um, dito tayo nagdi-differ uh, the continuity of the Decalogue because uh, in Second Corinthians three, uh, as in Second Corinthians three, I think favorite nyo to na ano eh, na passage eh. in Second Corinthians tama ba three? Uh, yes three. And the context dito of course, uh, Paul is arguing about the validity of his uh, ministry, no? And then ang sabi dito sa Second uh, Corinthians three three, and you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with the ink, but with the letter of the living God, not on tablets of stones but on the tablets of heart. And of course sa context, uh, alam naman natin na Paul is uh, referring here to the new covenant. And uh, he alludes to the new covenant. And dito makikita natin no, ang contrast of the tablets of stones and the tablets of hearts in verse 3 is a reference to the new covenant prophecy in Jeremiah 31. So what God wrote on stones is now on the tablets of heart. So, uh, dito ko nakikita na Paul affirms, in in a sense, na he understood the law written on the heart as the tablets of stones. No, So, the same uh, law written on stones at Sinai uh, were given, uh, were graven in the hearts of the New Covenant people by the Holy Spirit. So, yun yung, I think, dito tayo, uh, I think before tayong mag, uh, diretso sa Sabbath, I think, uh, magpo-prolong yung discussion natin sa law eh. So uh, that's that's where I 
Uh, yun lang yung ma ko in addition dun sa sa sinabi. Yeah, pwedeng kasi alam ko gusto na gusto na natin ang Sabbath. Eh. So if I could just connect that very relevant point um, to the Sabbath. Um, that's helpful I think because one of the things that we want to make sure of is that our NCT brother, brethren don't think that we are affirming the need to observe the Mosaic Sabbath. We deny. <laughs> we deny. We do not observe the Mosaic Sabbath. So when when Brother Ardi said, Sabi ni Nehemiah, the Sabbath was revealed to the Jews, we say, Amen. The Old Covenant Mosaic Sabbath and all of its ceremonial particulars and its rigor and its strictness and all of those things, absolutely, that was revealed to the Jews. So when we're saying this transcovenantal substance of um, the moral law, or when we're talking about the Decalogue in Adam, we're not talking about its its mosaic form. We're, we're saying that in the heart of Adam, he already had a sense of what it meant to for, for God to be in the example of working six days and resting in the seventh, and that meant something for him. And I think my 1689 brothers would fully agree that we're also deep into progressive revelation. So, um, so I, we are so happy to say, yung alam ni Adam um, compared sa alam ni Moses <laughs> regarding the laws of God, regarding all of these things, um, was much, much less and much, much inferior. And I think we should all agree on this, whatever our position is, because I think everyone knows, everyone would say, in Genesis 3.15, was the gospel preached? I say yes. I say yeah. I say the gospel was preached in Genesis 3.15. I think our brothers would all say, yeah, the, the gospel was in some form preached. And if I may speak in NCT language, that was the, the one promise of God's redemptive plan that would then progressively unfold for the rest of redemptive history. And in that epoch of redemptive history, if you would but believe in that promise in Genesis 3.15, you have believed in the gospel and you are part of God's kingdom when you are saved. But Adam and Eve's understanding of the fullness of the gospel in the days of Genesis 3.15 is far inferior to saints in the later days of Revelation, especially saints like us that have the fullness thereof in the days of um, the complete canon. In the same way, we would say, did the Sabbath apply to Adam? In some sense, but his knowledge of God's law was still very much inferior because he was in the days of very early revelation of these things. And we, we would be willing to say that many of those things, much like the Paul example, he may have known many of those things, but without further revelation and teaching, it would be hard for Adam to really understand the full implications of what we would now consider godly living. So I, I thought I would add that because I think it's very much related to the Sabbath. Because, amen, we, we don't keep the Mosaic Sabbath. We believe in a Sabbath moral principle that has been binding since creation and now applied in a certain way for God's new covenant people. I think uh, if you can say that, uh, you might want to joke lang. You might want to go on a side, <laughs> on our side. Sorry, joke lang. Ha? Kasi this is the crux ng mat the matter is you are saying na 
hindi ganun yung revelation kay Adam but we can we can siguro I can uh, accede to that in the sense that uh, yung principle that God has entailed dun sa Genesis sa creation so the uh, creation week is actually very clearly sa Exodus 20 why does why the Jews uh, uh, must observe the Sabbath is God's uh, pattern in creation not in Adam but in God so yung establishment ng Sabbath is um, uh, we can say a prototype of what God in creation did so we cannot say that God literally literally uh, observed the Sabbath as if he's not he's not like us diba that's not literal in a sense that he took rest but he took rest from his creation work diba that that day the seventh day was uh, established uh, was was uh, sanctified because of his uh, creative outworking uh, the seventh day is uh, a sabbath so he sanctified it but after that it is uh, uh, suspended na wala nang sinabi na uh, the evening and the morning it is the seventh day wala nang makikita so the the NC, uh, new covenant theology as far as uh, the progress of revelation is concerned that the the sabbath the establishment of the sabbath or god's sabbath rest is now being revealed and typified in uh, mosaic covenant the sabbath day so it progresses it progresses and now in the new covenant it's in the lord jesus christ as colossians 2 16 says so uh yun yung ano ng new covenant you know, i i don't think i i i think meron pang ma-add si eh, si brother leonard eh, kasi uh, baka umuwi na daw siya so brother lc kasi si uh leonard is uh from uh, uh sda no seventh day adventist hindi so, naman asawa ko lang ah okay sige Okay. Um, thank you for for that clarification. Um, but I have a question. Actually, I have several questions. Pero isa lang ibabato ko for for now. Um, when you quote the Decalogue, when you refer to the Decalogue and you talk about it as an eternal moral law, I cannot help but notice that it says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy for six days. You shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Let you shall not do any work, that, 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 that. He rested on the seventh day for that reason. The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It is very clear and very explicit that there is a specific day in mind here. It is the seventh day. It is not one day out of seven. It is not whatever day you want. It is not the first day. But the seventh day. But you say that you do not uh, keep the Sabbath according to the Mosaic uh, law, but according to a higher principle. But for me, I, I think this shows a contradiction when you uphold the Decalogue and then at the same time, you pull it down to the level of being principles that you can mix and match, that you can modify, that you can change. And which begs the question, 
on what warrant would this be? Because there is only one Sabbath day being mentioned in the entire scriptures. There is no other day being mentioned or called the Sabbath day. So on what warrant would you say that suddenly the day is changed? Hmm. Yes, I know the argument about the resurrection of Christ on the first day, etc. The, the prevalence of the references on the first day of the week in the New Testament. But this, these do not say or imply that we should be keeping the first day as though, a, as though it were a Christian Sabbath. To quote your confession. So that that is siguro yung, yung main point. If you mm-hmm. remember, Jess, when we were here and we were drinking rice wine, uh <laughs> tayo kung ano yung main differences natin and we said, one day, hanggang dun na lang yung differences natin. Kaya bumalik right. ka na dito para makatagay uli. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. By the way, can I answer Kuya Leonard on, on that one? Uh, siguro, so, yeah, yeah, I understand where he's coming from. No, um, nakikita ko yung argument niya that he believes that every time you talk about Sabbath, it's it pertains to the seventh day, Saturday. Well, for me, I don't agree with that. Kasi if you're going to look at the scripture, there are lots of Sabbath. We have Sabbath, the Sabbath year, uh, that's found in Deuteronomy 15, 1 to 6, Leviticus 25, 1, 7. You have the Day of the Atonement. Uh, there's a Sabbath there that's different than the seventh day. Um, I think the view there that Koya Leonard seems to present is that every time you talk about Sabbath, Saturday is an essential property of it, which we don't agree. We don't agree na ang Saturday, the day itself, is an essential property of the Sabbath. Kasi nga, yun yung case in point, maraming Sabbath na hindi Saturday. So hindi siya essential property. We would consider that as a positive property annexed to the moral law kasi na uh, it was administered um, in a covenant uh, specific to Israel. So merong mga naka-annex doon na positive law. Siguro I think it would be helpful if we were able to, siguro we were we were not prepared during that time about uh, sa mga hermeneutical frameworks that that's gonna be the thing that we're gonna present. no? Uh, if we had known it long ago, siguro uh, ahead of time, siguro we could have presented that the hermeneutical framework that we have at saka yung mga presuppositions na sinabi ni Brother Jarel. Sa amin kasi we have a distinction between moral law, the transcovenantal law, the natural law, and also the positive law. Um, para sa akin, necessary and as, as far as what uh, Pastor Quitz uh, told us, no, na merong um, correspondence in substance, yung, yung uh, transcovenantal law sa mosaic law. So therefore, gagawa ka din talaga ng distinction. That law, which is transcovenantal, and the other laws that are annexed to it. no. So, kaya mayroon tayong distinction na nagawa because may mga differences talaga. Now, in, when it comes to, to that, no, sa Sabbath, we see that the uh, that the Sabbath was pre-Mosaic. Uh, I think it was already mentioned by Pastor uh, uh, Brother Ardi in Exodus chapter 16. Um uh, there was an observance of the Sabbath, but we know that the Mosaic Covenant started when it was in Sinai in the giving of the law, is uh, Exodus 34, I guess. No, So why is it that there was a practice commanded by the Lord that is not necessarily associated with Mosaic about the practice of the Sabbath? So it, in us, no, since we have that presupposition na merong transcovenantal law, our understanding of that, our presupposition would lead us to say that Sabbath is one of the uh, of the transcovenantal law, 
that is eternal and perpetual. So, to answer the response, kaya sa Lord's Day, pwede, namin siyang, pwede siyang mabago yung day itself because as we said, it's not an essential property of the Sabbath. Pwede siyang ma-change depending on the covenant where it is administered. So that's why in the Lord's Day, uh, in, the, in the New Covenant, just as the, the covenant has been changed, the positive aspect of it has been changed as well, depending on coven- in which covenant. I think uh, Brother Joseph has more to say about it because that's his expertise. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> Expert. Someone <laughs> really <clears throat> well, not not much more. I think just um, I I sympathize much with what Pastor Leonard said um, because those are the exact words in Exodus 20 regarding the fourth commandment. There is something there about the seventh day, um, and it might seem arbitrary for some when we start to talk about the deeper or foundational moral principle that lies behind those words but i would argue that we're already doing that we're always doing that so when we think about idolatry when we think about not erecting idols most many many people will approach that commandment without ever ever having an issue about erecting actual physical real idols but with that command we do indeed go to the foundational principle behind it which is that um, well, first of all, God is the only one to be worshipped. And second of all, we are to worship him only through the means which he has established. Um, so we can get into the regulative principle of worship and, and all of that stuff. So so that being said, we, we concede that in Exodus 20, as the Decalogue is given, there is a mosaic context there. It is given, we don't deny, it is given in an old covenant context. We are to expect some old covenant attachments in there um and we're happy to say that there is a language in the fourth commandment itself that is very much appropriate to the mosaic administration but everything that brother jez said um, regarding the pre-mosaic existence of this sabbath concept um, and it's assumed perpetuity or perpetuity in the new testament when when jesus says the sabbath was made for man not man for a sabbath i think that really means something and then when Jesus says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, um, I think there's much to be said about how he can be Lord of the Sabbath and then suddenly say, but now in the new covenant, there's no such thing as a Sabbath. And, and how he can say that that the Sabbath was made for man and how we're still here on this earth awaiting the eternal Sabbatismos, if you will. But then all of a sudden, actually, but there is no more Sabbath whatsoever to be kept, to be observed, um, to be enjoyed. Um, there's no more concept of a one day in seven. Um, for me, that's that's a harder concept to wrap my head around. But I, I just wanted to express that I do sympathize with um, with that struggle. I, I, I want to react first dun sa sinabi ni si Jeryl na wala, ano? Uh, Second Corinthians 3, no? Kasi... Uh, Yung sinabi niya, no, uh, let me react to 2 Corinthians 3. Actually, 2 Corinthians 3 is clearly stating that it's the Decalogue that has uh, passed away. If you read that, the tablets has passed away. So going back to our uh, foundational uh, theology that uh, 
the Decalogue is the summary document of the whole covenant, that the words of the covenant. So when, when we say that the Decalogue, we are no longer under the Decalogue as the covenant, as the whole covenant summarized in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. Now, when you go to Exodus 20, if you proceed to Exodus 20, it's the exposition of the Decalogue. The Sabbath was made for uh, Israel as a sign. You know? Exposition yan ng ten, ng 10. It's the Decalogue itself, the two tablets, is the summary of the Decalogue. Now, uh, sinabi ni Paul, uh, that Decalogue has passed and has been changed by the more glorious new covenant written uh, by the Spirit. So, yun yung, yun yung essence dun, eh, no? So, it's clearly, Paul is clearly, the text clearly says that the Decalogue has passed away as a covenant. It's the words of the covenant. We're not speaking of uh, individual commandments. Now, siguro magkakaroon tayo ng agreement when it comes to saying, I don't use the transcovenantal uh, term to, with respect to my colleague quits, but I would use the term because it is absolute moral that uh, that uh, adultery no, that uh, rooted in God's holy and absolute moral character that is uh, written in the hearts of man that uh, he has an innate uh, knowledge of God. Yun yun yung aking definition doon. The absolute. Now, when we say covenantal, it's the whole ten, the whole decalogue. And how would you differ that uh, doon sa, sa, sa new covenant, yung application ng individual commandments? Makikita naman natin yun. No? Still, uh, Paul uh, uses yung sa honor your uh, father and your mother. Binalitan niya yung land doon. Ginawa niyang New Covenant context. Honor your father that you may be uh, blessed ba yun? Diba? Sa Ephesians. So, hindi na land. Hindi na land yung context. So, ginawa niyang New Covenant yung individual commandment. Now, as far as, uh, babalik na tayo sa Sabbath. Yung sinabi ni Brother Jezreel. No? I just want to uh, say that uh, yes, Yung Sabbath, hindi lang yung seventh day. May Sabbath, may, seventh, may yearly Sabbath. Di ba? And precisely, that's what New Covenant is saying sa, sa Colossians 2, 6 and 7, 2, 16 and 17. Di ba? Pag binasa natin yung 2, 2 Colossians 2, 16 17, do not let anyone, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival that's yearly. That's if you see the Old Testament. That's the yearly festival, uh, new moon. That's uh, monthly, and Sabbath. That's the weekly. So Paul is saying here is that the whole festival of days days no longer applies to the new covenant believers because they are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So Christ is. The substance is the is the is the substance is the the shadow are the festival of days. So we can see here that the Sabbath has been classified in the when we say and we we have the ceremonial aspect. We can say that this is Sabbath belongs to the ceremonial aspect of the law. Now when it comes to dun sa Mark, 
kasi na, na meron ako exposition yan dito sa sa ano eh sa tambay sa living way podcast now yung sa sa, sa gospel it doesn't uh, hindi pa siya nagtuturo ng progress ng revelation ng sabbath when the lord jesus christ said that he is uh, the lord of the sabbath meaning he is the lord of the sabbath so pag, pag pero pag tinignan mo yung text yung context as if ang ang ang, uh, ang issue doon is he is breaking the sabbath as per the jewish uh Uh, yung Jewish na assertion nila. Now we, we uh, in Newco in NCT we do not say that Christ is uh, uh, violating the Sabbath intently no dun sa text na yun no hindi natin sinasabi but he is uh, 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 teaching the Sabbath in its uh, reference to himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. So merong technical violation actually si si Lord doon eh that makikita natin technically he violated the sabbath pero hindi niya hindi niya ni-refer doon sa decalog hindi ni-refer niya saan kay David when he ate the the bread that is only offered for the priest so as if uh, hindi absolute yung uh, law na yon when it comes to uh, nag nag uh, nagrip ng ano yung mga disciples niya kasi siya naman ang target eh so As far as yung doon sa ano no doon sa sinabi niya na ano no man was made for the sabbath and not uh, the sabbath was made for man and not man for the sabbath it's outside of the context because the Jews is saying that in the context of observance of the sabbath day pag sinabi mo yung man doon yes it is man mankind kung sasabihin mo na sasabihin mo na uh, the sabbath was uh, the sabbath was not made for mankind di ba kung sinasabi mo na man yon ang context no na buong sandibutan then you would say also that uh sasabihin mo na uh, the sabbath was not made for man but man for the sabbath is absurd yon kapag sinabi mo man uh, the uh, the sabbath was kept by mankind paano mo yun masasabi That's absurd. The Sabbath was kept by mankind. Man was uh, uh, the Sabbath was kept should be kept by mankind. Kung ibabalik tarin mo in in uh, in opposite is you say then the Sabbath was uh, the ma- mankind was kept by the Sabbath. Di ba absurd yon? That would be absurd. Because how can how can the Sabbath Be, uh, how can man be kept by the Sabbath? Ganun yung parallel eh. Mankind was not kept, uh, the Sabbath was not kept by by mankind. So, I, I don't know kung nakukuha niyo yung sinasabi ko. No? Yung ano doon. Ano? So, ang um, ano doon eh, is uh, yung Gospels does not teach the, in that point of context, does not yet uh, teach the the progressive revelation of the sabbath as it pertained to the lord jesus christ yun na lang siguro that clearly state uh, in romans chapter 10 in uh, ephesians you observe day sabi ni paul and here in colossians 2:16 is in its clearest form sabi niya let no one judge you pertaining to these days at is already uh, the substance belongs to christ so Uh, sa, new te- sa New Covenant Theology, 
which I say, doon nakakancel ang NCT. Uh, sa Sabbath issue. Although yung mga iba like dispensationalists, uh, they know that that's uh, hindi nag observe din ng Sabbath in that sense. Pero NCT would be would be classified no uh, noon at least with the sa old test sa old uh, reform uh, 20th century that na, na charge na antinomian because uh, in the immediate sense we we do not we do not see that in the text of the scripture uh, speaks you can speak of your categories you can speak of your yung positive or but we don't see that as plain as the scripture says that there is no longer a sabbath and uh, yung sa hebrews 4 naman uh, yung uh, eternal sabbatismos which is yun lang yata yung term na correct me quits if i'm wrong yun lang yung sabatismus na term na ginamit sa Hebrews. And when you see the context, that's pertaining to uh, the eternal Sabbath rest in the in the eschaton, after the eschaton, that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Uh, kung ipapasok mo sa context yun, uh, kung meron pa rin Sabbath, if there is still a Sabbath observance, as if like the, like the old, a mosaic covenant and you say that uh christ is the sabbath which incidentally uh uh doctor sino ba to yung yung ano ng uh, nct si barcelos he says uh yes as as josh is saying na uh, yes yung uh, sabbath was abolished but it was parang reinstate in the Lord's Day. So, again, we are not, uh, hindi, na, hindi namin nakikita yun sa text. And also, pag pumunta ka sa Acts, uh, Paul is uh, entering the Sabbath in the synagogue. He still considers the seventh as the Sabbath. And uh, we can only say that the first day of the week came later on that uh, we see First, siyempre, yung resurrection ni Lord, the first day of the, the first day, but not necessarily it's saying that uh, nagpalit o na carry over yung first day to to uh, sixth day, seventh day to the first day. So, as far as uh, Lord's Day is concerned, uh, that's a different uh, thing, you know. So we we the NCT would not say na would not would say na. And uh, the Sabbath is not the Lord's Day, and the Lord's Day is not uh, the Sabbath. It's not equivalent. I don't know if Quits could uh, have additional. Quits? Um, uh, I think okay, okay na ako. Uh, okay. Siguro, uh, probably next, ano, next, uh, ano ulit, parang uh, mas, ano, makapag-dedicate na. So, Sige. Baka, Na ano pa ni Brother Leonard na umuwi na siya. Nag-adam na. So, siguro... I-save ko na lang yung response uh, next time. <laughs> siguro ay... Part 3 pa ba? <laughs> Sige, one more quick lang siguro. Um, Sige lang, mag-5.51. Uh, uh, so, kayo yung late dyan. No, hold on. Sige po. Kayo yung mali-late dyan, 5.51. Can I just respond dun sa mga question? Sige, bro. Sa comment. 
Uh, siguro yun. Uh, sige, yun sige. Uh, sagutin sige, natin yung mga, mga question dito. Sige. Uh, before we leave. Si... Palimutan natin. Uh, ito si Siley Miguel. Questions po for Pastor Quits. Clarify ko lang po na parang ang stand nyo po ba sa law ay mayroong transcendental law but it has different outworkings or expressions in the old and new covenants. Yeah, uh, gaya nung sabi ko, in, probably yung ibang ibang NCT would not use yung yung same uh, term. Pero yes, I, I believe that there is such a thing as trans-covenantal meaning it transcends covenants yung yung merong merong ganung law merong absolute law that transcends covenants and and mm-hmm. that's the reason also why i asked earlier uh, about the the distinction of the 10 which is summarized dun sa 2 which is love the lord your god and love your neighbor the reason why i asked yung distinction on ano, ano, ano dun yung substance kasi they can't be both the substance if we say that the substance is a 10 which is summarized sa 2 then the two are not the substance they are the summary summary of the substance if i say for example that the two are the two were, were the substance and yung expression non is yung 10 that then that's different right so uh para sa akin yung yung two greatest commandment yun yung trans-covenantal law and meron siyang expression. And yung expression na yun is the Mosaic Law, so old covenant, kasama dun yung Decalogue, then so new covenant would be the law of Christ. Then they would have shared, uh, may mga continuity, meaning uh, uh, same commands, no, probably nag-repeat din sa, sa, new, sa new covenant. Not because nag-repeat siya kasi merong 10 moral eternal law but that uh, yun yung expression nung, nung, nung love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, import, I, I think important yung distinction na yun, what we mean by summary tsaka substance because, for example, uh, not everyone who doesn't murder automatically loves, Right? Those are two different things. Not murdering someone or not even not hating someone doesn't necessarily mean you love them. So in other words, or for example, when the Lord when when the scripture says that if you love me, you would you obey my commandments, obedience to commandment is not equals so love. In other words, love is more fundamental, essential, basic from where uh, from whence the rest are coming from so para sa akin yung 10 commandments that's why dun sa previous uh, podcast I, I i i told brother Jezreel that yung 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 distinction nila ng 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 uh, 1689 and iba pang covenant theologians sa sa accidents and element elements accidents and substance they don't go beyond or enough uh, towards that more substantial, more fundamental. So sa akin, ganun ko siya tinitake. Um, we can't say that the 10 is substance, tapos substance din yung 2. No. Kasi otherwise, again, uh, yung meaning ng word na substance, then it, it loses its, mm-hmm. its, its meaning. So either the, oh. the 2 or the substance, 
Then yung 10, yung expression, or yung 10 is a substance, then summary yun to. But again, I would, if that's the case, I would respond, then does it mean that those who doesn't commit uh, adultery necessarily loves? Of course not. Right? Love is more fundamental, and from there, it meron siyang expressions, meron siyang outworkings. So yun yung... Love is the fulfillment of the law. Yun yung kada doon eh. Right. Love uh, is the I... fulfillment of the law. Uh, can diba? I give a, a response Again, to that, uh, Brother Ardy? Siguro I get the point of uh, Pastor Quits. Thank you very much for that, uh, Pastor. Appreciate that. Uh, anyways, sa akin lang, it does not necessarily follow that just because the Ten Commandments could be, could be further summarized, and then it means ng irreducible complexity, uh, irreducible minimum lang ng substance ay yung dalawa lang. Sa akin, hindi necessarily. Because uh, those other eight, uh, those other commandments na nakapalob sa Ten, those are essential properties of the, of the, of the substance of the moral law. For example, if you say na hindi substance ang ang murder or adultery, could it have been otherwise na magkuman ang Panginoon ng iba sa thou shalt not murder? If not, if it's necessary, if you're going to say that if it's necessary, then that is a substance. Then that it includes within the concept of the substance. I would say that kasi it could not have been otherwise. That's the meaning of substance in our definition. A thing that makes a thing what it is. And if loving, for example, if the, 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 the command to love necessarily implies thou shalt not murder, then the command for thou shalt not murder is a part of the substance. It's not an accident. An accident is not essentially connected with what a substance is. No, no, no. But, uh, um, go ahead, go ahead, Pastor. Uh, yeah, I, I get you. Um, when I say that substance i i'm i'm adding there dun sa definition ko as more fundamental basic and and if if love love the lord your god and love your neighbor as yourself is a more basic uh, law command then yung yung not murdering uh not committing adultery not lying no of course it follows that if you love you would do this, but it doesn't necessarily mean that if you are doing, if you are not committing these things, you are loving. Mm. So in other words, they are distinct. They are still distinct. We, we understand? We, uh, we, can, we, we cannot uh, sort of equate them. So in other words, uh, that, that's why I, I said, yes, when we look at passages, for example, sa New Testament, uh, uh, individual passages, or even, again, I would agree dun sa, ano, dun sa implication principle, yung good and necessary. I, I may, may be different from my other ano, colleague there. I, ako, I, I, I'm willing to admit yung, yung use of logic, deriving inferences from, ano. Uh, pero yun nga, uh, what I'm trying to say is, Yung, yung pinaka transcovenantal essential basic command would be to love then uh, kung yun yung ano yun yung basic the rest 
we, we can never call them basic. Otherwise, it's no longer basic, yung, yung, yung dalawa. Right? Hindi na siya fundamental. Kasi that's what it means for it to be the 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 thing that that binds everything that holds everything right so yun lang yung ah <laughs> brother Chris I agree with you ah I believe also yung uh, yung good yung sinasabi mo yung good and necessary consequence ano yep. let us clear that bakas sinasabi magkaiba yung natin <laughs> malapit na kayo yung good and necessary <laughs> Deke clarify ko lang good and necessary consequence where the where text doesn't uh, connect, di ba? In exegetical terms, so laging uh, laging inaano yan sa New Covenant theology, laging sa sabihin yung Trinity. Yung sabihin what about the Trinity? So I also affirm yung uh, good and necessary consequence when the text doesn't uh, explicitly connects in the in the in the in the context let's say of trinity that we know there is a, a certain mystery in the three in one no and there is some philosophical ano don, but clearly speaks the text uh, in the scripture clearly speaks christ as uh, equal with the father and the son diba uh, by the way meron pala akong ano dun sa naalala ko no yung sa <laughs> sorry lang na ano ko naalala ko lang yung uh, covenant of redemption is with the father and with the son paano saan ang holy spirit yun ang ano isang question din ng mga ibang uh, ano doon nasaan is, actually ibang mga covenant theologian hindi rin nag-agree doon so nasaan yung holy spirit bakit ano iwan anyway Gust- hindi na natin ano yun <laughs> Baka next topic, no? Gusto nyo pag-usapan yung covenant redemption, redemption po. Bas, that would be a great topic. By, bitarian <laughs> daw eh. Bitarian. Hindi trinitarian. Bitarian. Sabi nung iba. Mm. <laughs> so, mahirap sagutin yun. Uh, well, meron po kami yung sagot doon. <laughs> Pero siguro next time na lang natin pag-usapan. Okay. May iba't ibang yeah. view kasi within the reform position on that okay. regard. Very interesting. O sige, uh, magpa, mukhang magkakaroon pa tayo ng part 3. So, si ano, nag-comment dito, si Paul Examen, have learned a lot sa discussion, brothers, my understanding sa other side mas naging accurate and owning my skills. Hindi nag-a-appear eh. sa screen. Ayan. Have Ayan. Have, learned, uh, have learned a lot sa discussion brothers my understanding sa other side mas naging accurate and owning my of my own views and convictions takes a lot thanks then brother Paul uh, co-elder ni co-pastor elder ni Leonard si Paul examine uh, Bon Hidalgo uh, thank you uh, Bon for for that Opo, I am here to learn Praise God, uh, we on the both side are intersecting. Silu, we are learning a lot from these guys. Thank you. Praise the Lord uh, for this. Uh, thank you. Si Leonard, uh, lumabas na. Uh, <laughs> yan. So I guess uh, it's now 10 dyan sa ano, medyo late na dyan sa inyo. So 
Uh, magkaroon tayo ng third part. Napasarap ang ating uh, discussion. But we would like to thank uh, our brothers uh, Jezreel, uh, Jrel, and our brother Jos in uh, Australia. What time there, uh, brother Jos? What's the time um, there? Midnight na ngayon, 12.04. Oh. Okay. It's the Lord's Day so, now. Yeah. Yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So, quits. Thank you also uh, for uh, participating again regularly. He quits. And uh, Leonard, thank you very much for that uh, participation also. A lot, a lot of uh, insights, good insights. And we thank you all for all our viewers for uh, keeping uh, watching for two hours and 18 minutes uh, of this podcast. We would like to ask you to support this uh, small ministry by subscribing and uh, following our pages in Facebook and YouTube and our uh, audio podcast will be streamed mm -hmm. after this. So thank you very much and good night, Jen sa Pilipinas. And see thank you for you another everyone. episode of the New and Living Life podcast. Thank you, Pastor Quits, Pastor thank you. Thank you, Pastor, Pastor Josh, thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, all. Brother Jaren. See you. Bye. God bless. Yeah. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. purpose of God as it culminates and fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant.